podcast everyone we're on episode 20 tonight and we are your hosts i'm alexa and i'm candace welcome if this is your first time listening yes (laughs) welcome go grab your snacks this episode could take us a little while yeah i'll go ahead and apologize in advance (laughs) (laughs) Tonight, we'll be talking about game number 22, Trail of the Twister. Yes, we will. And I feel like we might have mentioned this before, but I feel like there are some very strong opinions for and against this game. So I'm interested to see what your thoughts are as we go along. And I do have some comments from Instagram that I'll mention at the end. Okay, sounds good. Okay, so since we're doing a game, you want me to go ahead and read the synopsis? Sure. Okay. So, um, like you said, this is game number 22. Um, Apprehend a saboteur stirring up turbulent trouble. A series of equipment meltdowns have been plaguing a prominent Oklahoma storm research team. They are in the running to win a $100 million grant in the upcoming Green Skies Storm Competition when disaster strikes and an intern becomes stranded directly in the path of a storm, leaving him with a broken leg. P.G. Krollmeister, the founder of the team, sends you as Nancy Drew to join the team undercover as an intern to find out who has been sabotaging them. Nancy had better keep her wits about her as she not only has to uncover a saboteur, but battle some of the deadliest twisters in Oklahoma. Is it just bad luck that's plaguing the storm chasers, or is someone sabotaging their chances of winning? Okay. So, from that, Disclaimer for everybody. Everyone's gameplay is different. Yes. So. (laughs) Yes. I know we say that all the time, but I feel like... And we'll get there when we get there. But I feel like there are a lot of different ways you could play this game. Oh, yeah. For sure. So. Oh. Um, but that's... First question, first question for you, Candace. What's that? Junior or senior? Junior. Me too. <laughs> Junior, for sure. Because there are quite a few puzzles here that take me some time. And I really didn't want to deal with it on Senior Detective. that's just me but we'll we'll get there so I feel like and and I'll I'll talk a little bit about this um because actually I have a question for you because I'm an idiot when it comes to where you live do you all in Canada have tornadoes where I live no but that doesn't that doesn't mean you know it could happen in the future. Okay. So, I haven't heard of any like tornadoes in that I can remember in, that were in Canada. It's okay. more so like from what I've heard is in the U.S. Okay. So I felt like that was what you were gonna say, but I wanted to ask just to be sure. So I don't consider where I live part of Tornado Alley because they talk about Tornado Alley in this game and that's a real place. It's like the Midwest um, of the United States. Um, 
Oklahoma, Kansas, that kind of area, middle part of the country. Um, for those that don't know, I live in Kentucky, so I don't consider my state part of Tornado Alley, but some people still consider us part of the Midwest. So we do get that type of weather. Um, and I have been through tornadoes before. They are very scary <laughs> if you're not prepared. Um, I have been through a few of them, um, thankfully have come out okay from them. Um, we just recently had very, very uh, deadly and destructive uh, tornadoes in December. Um, and that was a weird time of year to have one. Um, that's typically more of a spring, midsummer kind of weather event. Um, but every once in a while, you know, things will happen with the weather pattern or whatever that will create the right conditions for it. So um, I went into this game kind of already knowing some things about tornadoes the first time that I played it. Um, so I, I might have had, well, I feel like I thought I was going to have a little bit of a leg up on it, but I really didn't because there was still a lot of stuff that I didn't know. Yeah. So um, I'll just get right into my notes here. Um, so we pull up to the homestead, what they call the homestead. Um, and like all of a sudden there's a funnel cloud. So we're off to a great start, clearly. <laughs> Way to start off with a bang. Really? But I feel like I feel like Nancy should have been, I guess, kind of used to, maybe not used to tornadoes, but familiar with them. Because my understanding is that River Heights is like supposed to be based off of a town in like Illinois, which I mean, that's Midwest. So in theory, that kind of weather would be there if River Heights was a real place. Um, but like I said, we pull up to the homestead immediately. There's a storm. Um, and then Nancy, you know, kind of lets it pass and watches the funnel cloud move along and gets out of her car to go into the house. And there's some debris that the storm threw around, which is very accurate for storms like that. I mean, the winds can get, you know, up to 100 miles an hour and over. And so, of course, things are going to blow around and be a mess. And so she starts cleaning up the debris and she finds this like metal box container that has a note in it and has money in it. <laughs> so I remember playing this the first time thinking, all right, well, we're already in in the mix of whatever this is. That's not suspicious at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we go in the house and we start talking to Debbie, who we find out is going to be the woman that we kind of get all of our daily assignments from we kind of deal the most with her um I found her to be really abrasive and abrupt yeah kind of borderline rude honestly I think like almost all well her and Scott were like the most I feel like and yeah. then Frosty was kind of almost like that but a little bit less yeah then the only two like nice people I guess you could say are Chase and Pa yeah really <laughs> so um, I should have mentioned earlier when I read my synopsis I got that from the Nancy Drew fandom wiki page 
Um, so since I just mentioned uh, Debbie, I'll read the very brief couple sentences about her that uh, the Nancy Drew wiki page has. Um, says that Debbie is a project manager of the group. She does most of the work up to and including putting up with Scott's temper, which we'll get to that. Um, so immediately right out of the starting gate, she gives us like a laundry list of things to do. And it kind of sets the scene for the whole game in that this game is very chores heavy and task heavy. Um, and I think that that is one of the reasons why the people that don't like this game don't like this game is because of that. Because if you're not so much interested in doing all of the puzzles and all the tasks and things of that nature, it can become really tedious really quickly. That's one thing about the structure of this game that's a little bit different compared to some of the other games. Um, so uh, we have a, a big task list ahead of us. Um, one of the first things that I did, I don't know about you, but I went down into the basement and started doing the tornado quiz. That was the first, like, that was the first thing that I did too. Okay. Um, and like I said, here I was thinking I was all big and bad the first time that I played this game, thinking that I was going to ace the quiz, like it was going to be no big deal. Yeah, I was wrong. There's <laughs> stuff I didn't know. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it's okay. So I did the quiz. Um, noticed that there was a mouse and had flashbacks from uh, Ghost Dogs of Moon Lake. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> did not like that there were mice um but you know well like literally there. everyone in this game hates mice yeah they're like terrified of them they've like screamed they've yelled they're like get these things out of here like <laughs> yeah yeah which i mean i would be the same way honestly if i'm sitting in a place and i'm expected to do work and spend hours of my time there and there's rodents that are around like I would have a problem with that too did you or did you not know like when you're like trapping the mice later on did you know that you could trap them in their spot that they land in I think so yeah yeah I did so like the first time like the first time I was trapped the mice I didn't do that then the second time I did it I was like I can lock them in place this is handy yeah mm-hmm yeah, because that's, and I was going to get to that. Um, that was one of the tasks that I thought took a long time, and they probably did that on purpose to try to eat up some game time, you know, to make the game stretch a little longer, which, I mean, I don't really think that was necessary because I don't think this was one of the shorter games. To me, this was like a good length of time kind of game, if that makes sense. It does. Um, so, you know, Debbie kind of gives us the rundown of what's going on. She explains that um, the team is competing in this competition with um, other storm chasing teams for this $100 million grant. And I remember thinking, holy crap, that's a lot of money. Like, <laughs> well, that's I, a lot of money. Like, who gives, a, like, a team or, like, a group that much money? Yeah. Yeah, but then again, I started thinking back to when this game first came out, which was, I believe, 2010. I and, have 2010. Uh, yeah. And that was around the time right before I was getting ready to start college. 
And so I was, you know, 18 years old and I was starting to, you know, truly understand the value of money. And this um, group is based off of a local college in that area. Um, and so if they won that competition, that money was going to go to the meteorology program at that school. And I remember thinking, gosh, $100,000 or $100 million is a lot of money. But then again, when you think about it in the context of the amount of money you would need to run a program like that with, you know, in an area that's very heavy on technology and machines in order to do that research, I'm sure that money goes quick. Yeah. Now that you like bring up like all those points, that does make sense that they would need that much money. Yeah. Yeah. Just to make that program run, to maintain any machines uh, and computers that they need, to keep people on staff as professors and other professionals to can make it run, make that program run. I mean, I'm sure it, it adds up really fast. Um, so I thought it was interesting that um, they went as far as saying that they split their time um, at that homestead with a research group that is part of the Healy Healy research group in Hawaii, which is a reference to, I feel like a game that's another hot take creature of Kapu Cave, which when she mentioned that, I remembered that she was going to mention it, that it was um, affiliated with that research laboratory in Hawaii. But I sat back and kind of thought for a second, I can't remember the last time I played creature of Kapu Cave. It's been a minute since I played that one too. (laughs) I would easily say, oh my gosh, like, probably more than six years ago actually easily more than six years ago since I played it and I don't really know why because I feel like a lot of people don't like that game as well but when I played it like the vague memories that I have of it um I remember really liking it yeah but I know that there are a lot of people that don't like it so I can't remember exactly why they don't like it but I guess I'll we'll get there when we whenever we end up playing that game it's like there's those certain games where, like this one where it's just like people really, really like it or they really, really don't. So it's yeah. just like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I really, really don't know why I haven't played it in so long. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's just not in my rotation of games that I, I like to go through. But I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that I don't like it. But anyways, we'll get there when we get there. Um, so... Uh, The next thing that I did was putting together a disaster preparedness kit because um, that was one of the tasks that we had to do because Scott, one of the other people in the research group, which we'll circle back to him, um, requested that we put that together because he has to do a presentation at a local school. And I was sitting there thinking when I was hearing that that was the next thing I had to do. It's like, man, I live in a place where bad storms can happen, especially in the summer, at the drop of a hat. It probably would be a good idea if I had some kind of go bag that I can grab when I need to go, because my house has a basement. So that's where we go whenever there's bad storms, because it's like, you know, like there's windows down there, but there's sections of it where we can go and and be protected, like on all sides. like I should probably have a go bag that has like a flashlight, batteries, water, granola bars, you know, whatever. 
I was actually going <laughs> to ask you, pop quiz, what goes in a disaster bag? Um. Well, see, and here's the thing. Like, I feel like, I feel like some of the things that they put in there were a little silly. Yeah. Um, like toothpaste and a toothbrush and things like that. I feel like you wouldn't necessarily need that for like a tornado type of weather event. I feel like you would need that more so like if it was a bad snowstorm or a blizzard or something like that. Um, I mean, I, I understand that when you have any kind of bad storm, you risk, you know, losing power and losing water and things like that. But I don't know. I just, I feel like if you have a bad storm, like a tornado, I feel like the damage of that would probably be cleaned up a little bit quicker than if it was like a snowstorm type of event. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, we don't get that much snow here. We get snow, but I mean, not like anything crazy. Like the last time we had a really, really, really big storm was six or seven years ago. And we had like a foot and a half of snow, which I don't know how much snow that is for you. Um, Eighteen inches in centimeter, forty-five point seven two centimeters of snow. So clearly, yeah, I'm in the Midwest, kind of in a location where we have essentially all types of weather, but it's like something like that, like we're not prepared for that. So, you know, we were shut down for like a week. Yeah. (laughs) Trying to dig ourselves out from snow. So yeah, it's just, I feel like it's probably, like I said, I live in a weird part of the country where essentially any kind of weather can happen. Like we, we even get weather like from hurricanes, like if they go certain ways, like if it's coming up through Florida and you know, when it reaches land, it weakens cause it doesn't have water to power it and give it energy, but we'll still get like torrential rain and stuff from storms like that. So we really do get a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, so it probably would be a good idea, you know, since I'm an adult, somehow to have a go bag like that but I thought that was actually a really good task because you know people playing the game can really learn something from that and maybe it can kind of you know nudge them in the right direction to make something like that for themselves in real life yeah so good learning experience there um so obviously got to make this kit got to go to mom pa's general store so that was the next person that i met and let me read the couple sentences that they have about pa on here um pa runs ma and pa's general store he's a well-loved famous local and is very serious about tornado safety he also runs a small museum on oklahoma history including the dust bowl He's actually quite a fan of plays and even acts on stage from time to time. So that was the next person that I met. Um, Nancy, once again, I had a problem with it. She was so pushy asking about Ma multiple times. 
Yeah. Even after, spoiler alert, we found out that Ma had passed away. And Nancy, you know, not an ounce of tact in her, just continues asking like it's no big deal, even though she knows the truth. And then Pa has all these different reasons why she's not there. Yeah. Like, I feel bad for him because it's like he doesn't want to deal with it, you know? Nancy just needs to mind her business with that part. Yeah, she needs to uh, take a hint and realize that he doesn't want to talk about it. And that's why he's not saying what actually is happening. But, oh well. Um, So we learn how um, the research group has like essentially a line of credit with the general store. They have it all worked out with the school that, you know, whatever they need, um, it's kind of just already agreed upon that they could go ahead and take what they need. And then he also explains that if Nancy wants any snacks or anything like that, she can use a, a form of money that Pa created called Paw Pennies, um, or she can keep them. She doesn't necessarily have to, to use them or anything, but I um, thought that was interesting because it's also kind of a something that they've used uh, in a prior game. Uh, Secret of Shadow Ranch, you know, with their own type of currency to do things in the the ghost town. Um, Like, Nancy, like, never brings money. No, no. And that's that's been like a running meme that I've noticed on Instagram and Facebook, too, I think, for that matter. Um, Yeah, Nancy, she's like, never prepared. Like, she clearly wasn't a Girl Scout. No. Like, she's never prepared. She never has what she needs. Or she gets there and things don't work out. Like, on the rare occasion when we have games where we have the cell phone and we can get emails, but we can't send them out. How does that work? Yeah. (laughs) If it's not going to work one way, it's not going to work both ways. But, okay. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Not so. Um... At this point, I did a little bit of exploring at the general store. Yeah. Um, start reading about the uh, storm history of Oklahoma, the little museum area that Pa had set up. Um, and then we learned that the divining rod was missing. Um, so I got all the things that I needed for the disaster preparedness kit. Um bring it back to the homestead and then and I should have done this earlier when I was down there in the basement but I went back down into the basement and that was when I met Frosty let me read the little thing about him um Frosty is the team's photographer his interest in tornadoes started when he was literally caught in one and got some of the best footage to date as well as his current nickname his real name is Tobias in case anybody was curious. He's a bit overconfident about his photography abilities. Um, so yeah, I mean, he like essentially spilled his guts like as soon as we met him and told like the whole backstory of what was happening and how he got his name and why he's there. And it was a lot to process at once. Did we really need to know all that in the first talk we had with him? No. No, absolutely not. But, oh, well. Um, We noticed that Frosty has a bunch of scratches on his arm. 
And he tries to explain it that he dropped his camera bag in some brambles, which have like thorns essentially on them. And that that's how he got scraped up. Um, seems weird, but at this point, it's way too early in the game to come up with any solid conclusions about anyone yet. Um, It was around this time that I found the receipt on the floor for someone buying corn, which is when we start piecing together that someone is um, purposefully bringing mice into the house by setting up little uh, piles of corn. Um, Gross and unsanitary, but okay. Um, We met Scott at this point, or at least I did. Um, Super rude. Bull himself. Yes, super weird. Um, doesn't care about anybody. Really doesn't at all. We try to walk away and he asks what we thought about the storm and stuff and then talks about how he wishes that he had more enthusiastic students like Nancy and then, you know, gets all flustered again and rude and I didn't want to deal with him. He was not not easy to deal with. So let me read about him really fast. Um, Scott is the leader of the Canute team, short-tempered and pessimistic. He is very dedicated to the study of tornadoes. Some people even call him gifted due to his intuitive link with twisters, but lately he seems even more put out than usual. That's an understatement because I mean, he never wanted to talk. It was like pulling teeth trying to get him to have a conversation or get information from him. Um, the only time at times I actually talked to him was when people are like, go talk to Scott, give him something that he wants to talk to you. Yeah. Or if we had to do something for him. Yeah. Um, next person I met, which I guess is actually the last person, is Chase who is out in like the detached garage area working on a car. Um, And we had to fix the car display for him, which that was one of the many puzzles that I struggled with this game. Um, I'm not very technical in that aspect. So I definitely had to get a hint on that one. And I'm not ashamed to say that because there are times when I have to have a hint and that's okay. Me too. Okay. So um, then we also learned from Chase that if we want to earn uh, paw pennies for Mom and Pa's general store, um, he has several wiring projects that we can do. I was horrified because I'm like, man, I can't do this. I don't know how any of this works. I'm just going to have to go without the snacks. Like, I like, I didn't, I didn't mind it so much. See, Honestly. I tried, and I guess I'm just dumb, <laughs> and I just I did not do very well. So, no, like, no. what I did was that, like, the ones with the higher numbers, I did them, tried to do them first, or like the ones on like the outside or the corners, to see how that kind of would go, and then kind of I kind of went in a circle in a way. Yeah. See, my brain doesn't work like that. Um, (laughs) like I'm not, I I just, I I can't relate. Like, that's just not 
it's just not how my brain works. So I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll just, you know, maybe I can find some paw pennies on the ground or somewhere <laughs> else. You never know. Um, so uh, Chase also tells us about like all the accidents. Um, he uh, explains what happened with the car that it was like the um, wiring or the, the um, I mean, I guess you could call it wiring uh, for the, that runs the coolant to the car. That line was cut. Um, he has it over on the workbench so we can look at it and it looks like it was deliberately cut, which that's sus, but okay. And it does not look like mice chewed at it. Absolutely not. No, it looks like you took like an X-Acto knife or a pocket knife or whatever and just sliced and diced it. So, And we will get to that later. Yes, we will. Because that, that's important later. Um, so the next thing I had to do, I don't know about you, um, I had to do the uh, tornado storm alarm siren puzzle. I kind of did things all weird. Yeah. <laughs> like I... Well, I think that's that's part of, I think that's one of the good qualities of this game is that, yeah, you have a task list of things you have to do each day, but you can do them out of order. Like, it really doesn't change anything at all. As long as you get all the stuff done that they want you to get done, then I think that that's the main thing. Yeah. And that also, now that you say that, brings me to the next point in that this game is one of the few if not the only game where a character tells you that you need to go to bed and you actually if you try to go to bed to change the day if it's not time if you haven't done the last thing that triggers you to go into the next day it won't let you go did you know that i didn't yeah if you try to go before you do the last thing you're supposed to do for that day i'm using day in quotes um Debbie will say, oh, it's too too early to, to turn in yet, or it's not time to go to bed, something like that, and it won't let you. One thing I didn't like about the game was that we ha- on the phone, you know, it usually, at least on the phone, says, like, what time it is. Mm-hmm. The phone didn't have that this time. Or yeah. anywhere on the screen, there was no time to be like, okay, it's this time of day. Yeah. And yeah. Even- and even when Debbie was like, oh, yeah, it's time to turn in. Go to bed, Nancy. It's like, it wasn't even dark outside. <laughs> yeah, that's that's another thing. Is like this game, there's like not really a sense of time. Because it's like during gameplay, during the various days of gameplay, there are several storms that just pop up out of nowhere, which is very, you know, relatable and true as far as tornadoes. But it's like, as soon as the storm passes, the sun is immediately out again. So it's really hard to tell like what time of day it is. It's like time doesn't exist during this game. It's kind of weird in that respect. Um, So I did the siren alarm puzzle. um, And then at that point, Debbie tells me it's time to go to bed. So I guess day one is finished at this point. Um, So we wake up the next morning and we find out, or at least I found out that if the team does not win this competition, 
um, that the farm and the homestead is going to be sold by the school. Mm. So no pressure or anything. No pressure. (laughs) (laughs) So it was around this time also, like I said, that I found out that Ma had passed away. And um, I wrote in my notes, because I hand wrote my notes this time. I wrote in my notes, uh, Nancy continuously asks about it. How rude. How rude. <laughs> like literally. It, Nancy. Like every every episode, I feel as though I'm bringing Minette up every single time with that line. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Don't mind me, guys. <laughs> pretty much. Um, so at this point, I wandered outside and this was when I was in the cornfield section of the yard and I overheard the conversation between Debbie and Frosty and they were talking about taking care of Scott I was like hmm don't be suspicious don't be suspicious yeah and of course at this moment PG Krollmeister ruins everything by calling us like dude I'm trying to eavesdrop here and you're ruining the vibe you couldn't have picked a more worse time, dude. Seriously. Like, I hated that because I wanted to hear more of that conversation. Um, which that will bring me to another point in a little bit. So keep that in mind that we overheard that conversation. Yeah. Um, so after I got off the phone with Krollmeister, I figured, well, I'm already on the phone. I might as well go ahead and make some more phone calls. Um, so I call my boys, Frank and Joe, <laughs> love it. And they are kind of helpful, kind of distracted, kind of doing their own thing, trying to learn about the Romanovs, which I thought that was kind of interesting that they were um, dealing with real life people that lived a long time ago. It wasn't like a fictional kind of case that they were working on. I thought that was interesting every once in a while the Nancy Drew games will make references to like real life figures in history. So thought that was kind of cool. Um, and then the next thing I had to do it, it's like the bane of my existence. And it's one of the tasks that I hate in Nancy Drew games. <laughs> had to go take pictures. I didn't even get all the pictures. I didn't either. But I don't think it, well, I guess it, no thinking about it it really didn't matter because i was able to finish but i will backtrack for a second you you talked on the phone with the hardy boys i did not talk to anybody see that's interesting too that they (laughs) there are things that you can do in a game but if you don't do them it doesn't hinder your game if that makes sense like it's like little extra added things in there yeah and that was like the same thing that you were just saying too about the pictures. It's like, I was still able to finish too and I didn't get all the pictures taken. Yeah, yeah. And this is just me, like when we had to do this and we'll get there when we discuss this game, but we had to do this for mornings at Waverly Academy and we had to take pictures in uh, Ghost Dogs Moon Lake. We had to take pictures of birds. Um, there are other games, I'm sure, that I'm just blanking on. But it's just like, that's one of my least favorite things that we have to do. Like, can we just get as many of them as we can and forget the rest? Yeah. 
Like, yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Um, so at this point, um, I finish with Frosty, get back to the homestead, and I overhear Chase talking to himself, which, I mean, kind of weird, but I've been known to talk to myself too, so I really can't say much. But he's like cleaning something and then starts talking about cleaning his boots. So I'm like, okay, so he stepped in something. That's kind of weird, but okay. Um, and then the next thing I know, and this was probably one of the most exciting parts for me at least, was um, there was a storm alert in the middle of the night. Yeah. And Nancy gets woken up because storm sounds, hello. I mean, storms like that are pretty loud. The sirens are going off and stuff. Um, so next thing we know, we wake up. It's the next day. And two of our tasks for the day, getting rid of the prairie dogs in the yard and getting rid of the mice. <laughs> and it took me forever. We had to do like, what, four times getting rid of the mice. Three or four, yeah. So we had to do it. Debbie, Frosty, Scott, and Pa. Yeah, so four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. so that took forever to do. Um, and then let me just say, I hated the driving aspect of this game because I'm horrible at the controls. <laughs> I'm running into everything, running into cars. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It, it was miserable. I don't know about you, but with the driving part of it, it kind of remind right, reminded me of Secret of the Old Clock a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I struggled with that game, too. I feel like maybe if... It's like the car is so sensitive. Like, you barely tap the key, and you're, like, losing control of the car. Like, I feel like if it wasn't as sensitive... Like, if the controls were a little bit different, it would be easier. But it's like, I don't know. It's very, it's very difficult for me. So I hate the driving aspect of this game. I wish that, uh, and because we had to use like the mouse like all the time. I hate yeah. that. Yeah. I wish that we could use like the up, like the arrows on the keyboard. Yeah. That would have I feel like I would do better with that. Now, I have a question for you. Okay. Which car did you drive the most? The regular car. Frosty's car? Yeah. I drove the the pink pickup truck every time. I... Except for, like, the certain times where we actually had to do the work truck or Frosty's car. Yeah. I, whenever I had the choice, I always ch- uh, chose Frost, uh, Frosty's car just because I felt like... And I don't think there's any difference in the nav, like the navigation of it or how it moves. But it's like I felt like it would be easier in my brain if I was like tricking my brain. Okay, you're driving a smaller car, so this will be easier to drive, like it's real life or something. But oh, this this is kind of funny. Where we had this conversation like what, a couple times where I drive a car, you drive what like an SUV. Yeah, I think like an SUV crossover kind of scenario. And so it's almost like we switched cars driving this game. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like you drove the 
car and I drove the truck. Which yeah, is- I mean, I just I feel like if I had the choice in person, I would not pick a pickup truck because I feel like I would have a harder time driving that. Um, I don't know. I just I feel like I wouldn't do very well. Like when I drive, I have to have my seat all the way forward because I'm short. Like I am five foot two five foot three depending on the time of day um like that's that's legit like depending on the time of day so i'm trying to see five foot four in centimeters 162.5 centimeters (laughs) um so i am i think a little bit shorter than the average height of a woman um so I have to be like all the way up, like with my seat, like the back of my seat up so that I can, you know, like be in a good position so I can actually see. Yeah. So I feel like if I was trying to drive a, a pickup truck that I would struggle. Yeah. That's I'm, about, I'm about like five, five-ish. So it's like... I probably could be able to drive a pickup truck if I wanted to, but it's just like, I've never actually driven one, so if I did in real life, then that would be something different. Yeah, I've never driven one either. So, imagine if, like, I just thought, imagine if we ended up meeting in person, we got a rental car, and it ended up being a pickup truck. I mean, that would be my luck, honestly. (laughs) Hey, at least then we would be together going on a going war who knows where yeah we can struggle (laughs) together that's fine (laughs) um so at this point um oh i wrote in my notes uh that we hear we overhear a lot of conversations in this game and i almost feel like that was put in place because it's like we don't do a lot of legitimate investigating or detective work in this game like i said earlier it's like this game is really heavy on the tasks that you're given each day and not so much the snooping yeah kind of have a problem with that because i love the snooping and like the times that we could actually snoop in people's stuff like you half the time you couldn't do it yeah and when you could it was near the end and you're like oh i realize now why i can do this i must be getting close to the end yeah um so at this point it was when i learned about brooke tavanaugh um who is a rival storm uh, chaser part of another team um rival yeah so again keep that in your back pocket because that's going to come up later um another storm pops up in the midst of me you know trying to get all these mice capturing them humanely letting them go another storm pops up so i'm riding around with frosty um he's trying to get this footage and of course because our luck something always goes wrong the video camera isn't working so he like throws the camera at us while he's taking still pictures and so we have to quickly fix the camera so that he can record video so we fix the camera he gets his footage we end up going back to the house and then they check the camera and realize that it's a black screen 
you can hear it, but you can't see it. And then later on, what do we see, Candace? So one of our other horrible tasks that I struggled with was we had to try to fix the TV. And that took me like a good solid 15 or 20 minutes to do. I'm not even lying. (laughs) And we finally get the TV fixed. And I say fixed in quotes because it immediately goes bad about 10 seconds later. But during the 10 or 15 second period when it's fixed, we see this kind of grainy image of like a news channel. And Nancy remembers that it's the exact scene that she saw when she and Frosty were out when they thought they didn't get the footage. So it's like, how is there footage of it? Nancy is convinced that she fixed the camera, that it was okay. Now she's seen this footage. She tells Debbie and Debbie's rude about it. She's like, everybody messes up. You just need to admit that you messed up. Girl, you weren't there. You don't even know. Back off. You don't need to be rude about it. Yep. So, that's kind of weird. <laughs> um, talk to PG Krollmeister again, and he talks about how he was hit by a tornado at his house, and apparently he's friends with Prudence Rutherford who we've dealt with in the past. She's a weirdo too, so it kind of makes sense because Krollmeister is kind of weird. I had this con like the note written down about we hear something about Percy Rutherford something or other, and I'm like, is he related to Prudence? Yeah, <laughs> probably. Some distant relative, maybe. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, it was at this point that I learned that Debbie was apparently turning down different jobs. And was staying with the team. So it was kind of weird if she was getting different job offers. Why she would stay with a team that is struggling so much. And having so many accidents happen. And you know with all those accidents happening. It's making it let more and more likely that they're not going to win the Green Skies competition. To get the grant money. Um, so thought that was kind of interesting that she's not pursuing other avenues. Um, it was at this point that, uh, I found the, uh, contract and money, um, has to do with Brooke again. She is suspicious. Don't even get to meet her, but she is suspicious and I don't trust her. And it was at this point that I'm sitting there playing the game, kind of vibing and listening to the music. And I'm like... I feel like some of this music doesn't fit this game. I don't know if you got that vibe or not, but if you go, like, I know that there are people on YouTube that will upload, like, the soundtracks for the games. There are a couple songs in this game that I feel like would have fit better with Secret of the Scarlet Hand. Like, I even wrote it in my notes. It's like, some of this music just doesn't sound like Midwest music. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) That's just me. So if you're interested, I mean, you know, anybody listening can get on YouTube and search Trail of the Twister soundtrack and you'll find it. I'm not sure what what the song is called because they all have names. Um, so this point I had to go and fix 
the windmill, were they windmills? They were. Yeah. Um, had to go fix those. And of course, a storm blows in, as they do. Um, so I'm trying to escape at this point, and my GPS is messed up. Yep. How convenient is that? It was fine getting there. Uh-huh. But how did yeah. you get all screwed up when we're going back to the the farm? Yeah, push comes to shove when I actually really need it. Because you know me, I can't find my way out of a paper bag. So, of course, I need GPS. <laughs> and it's on the fritz. Perfect. Par for the course. So, managed to get back to the, the farmstead. Hallelujah. And I tell Debbie about it, and she is just so unconcerned. Like, get out of here. Care. Doesn't even care. Like, she has more important things to do. Okay, whatever. Like, thanks for not caring. Like, Honestly. at all. <laughs> um, so, it was right there in the middle of that conversation that lightning strikes uh, the phone in Scott's office and thankfully he's gone so he wouldn't lose his mind with that happening and so of course Debbie freaks out and says that I have to go and fix it ASAP and um, so again another difficult puzzle trying to fix the phone uh, the phone line and then you hear Scott and Debbie take off to go track the, the storm um, so where where was Scott when that happened I don't know. All I can think of was that maybe he came in the front door, like he was out somewhere else and he came in the front door just to get Debbie so that they could hit the road and chase the storm. That's all I can think of. Maybe. Or maybe he was in the basement. I don't know. Who knows? Um, so after a while of doing that puzzle, I'm able to fix the phone line and it's, it's at that point that I hear over this like headset, headpiece, earpiece thing. Um, I hear Scott talking to Brooke and I'm like, oh no. Now I've cycled through literally every character at this point trying to figure out who it is because everybody is suspicious. Yeah. I think that that's one thing that this game does really well is that right up until the very end with the um, culprit reveal, it's really up in the air. Like, I think the only one that I didn't really think it was would be Pa. Yeah, I don't think I really... Th <sighs> well, but even still, he could have had something to do with it, maybe. He could um, have. He could have. And I'll get, I'll get to that, because it's coming up in my notes. Um... But either way, we hear Scott talking to Brooke, uh, saying that he has the situation under control and that she needs to come through with her end of the deal. I'm like, okay, this is suspicious. Like, everybody is dealing with someone else. This is weird. I don't know what's happening. Um, and then uh, at this point, I found the blade that was used to cut the line for the coolant, and it smells like coolant, apparently, because Nancy, you know, you pick up a knife, and of course, the first thing you do is smell the blade. Who does that? I, I don't know, but maybe it was just like they cut through the line, and 
like the blade got wet with coolant. I don't know. It, it was weird. That Very could strange. make sense. It could make sense if it's like if Scott, well, well, because it was in Scott's office, so I'm assuming he did it. And so you know, if you cut the and the even the tubing in the barn, it's looks as though like a clean cut, like yeah. from that from that exacto knife. Yeah. So. Um. So it was at this point that I went looking in the garage and Chase was not there, but his boots were there. And yeah, turns out he stepped in some kind of oil. So then I'm thinking, where did he find oil at? <laughs> like, so confused. Like, there's all these things happening at once and it, it's hard to piece it all together. Yeah. And then it was at this point that I got the phone call from Pa um, checking on Nancy because the storm was bad. You know, everything's fine. She's fine. Everyone else is good. And he says that he needs her at the store as soon as she can get there. So I'm like, okay. Um, Once again, got to catch the freaking mice. And it takes forever to do. Uh, So... I, I still had the mice in the trap from the day before. And every time I try to go get them released, Pa's like, no, 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 you got to catch my mice before you go anywhere. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I can't really catch your mice, Pa, if I've got a trap full of mice already. That's true. Oh. Um, it was at this point that I found out that Chase took the divining rod because he wanted to try to search for oil because that's apparently what those things do i think it's more of like an old wives tale that supposedly you use that type of rod or stick or whatever and it's going to tell you where there's oil deposits in the ground and so chase's whole thing was he knew if the um the research team was not successful in winning the competition that the homestead and the farm would be sold by the school. So in his mind, he was thinking if he found oil on the property, didn't say anything about it, they lost the competition and the school sold the house that he could talk his father into buying the house. They could then find the oil, I'm using uh, parentheses, find the oil, even though they already knew it was there, and then strike it rich. I mean, I get that, but it makes you sound really suspicious and like you have something to hide. Um, But I mean, he came clean at that point. So I'm like, well, I guess, I guess it's not him. So it's like when after Nancy told Pa that the divining rod was missing, Pa's like, oh, I better make a new one just like for uh, tourists sake. And I'm like, what tourists there's like every time i go to the convenience store there's nobody there yeah Yeah. and and another thing he just acts like it's no big deal that somebody stole something out of his museum that he created like oh i'll just make a new one you know no big deal are you not more concerned that apparently you've been robbed and he's just standing at the counter reading a magazine like it's no big deal Okay, cool. Jeez. Yeah, so weird. Um, 
it was at this point which we talked about earlier um i had to fix the tv we briefly see frosty's footage and then the tv dies again um so i went downstairs and confronted frosty and i was like dude i told you the camera worked i fixed it um so he explains it that he's trying to help this girl get her career started and debbie essentially looks the other way and lets him do it kind of weird like i would not want to be working for this team at all man no because it's like they all have their own agendas it's like like they're not working together like how is this team gonna work if you're all on a different page and they all are like they all have their own pursuits that they're doing as well um so uh, another storm is coming up and how convenient scott is nowhere to be found da, da, da. i'm like mm, this is weird so um at this point uh we find out that scott left with the work truck and he had all the equipment in it and so debbie has like her girl power moment where she essentially takes over the team and starts barking orders and telling everybody what they need to do um so uh looks like from doing a little bit of snooping you know the little tiny bit of snooping we get to do in this game uh, in Scott's office that he uses the windmill area as like a meeting dropping off point for when he's dealing with Brooke. Um, and then the next thing we know, the storm's coming in. It could be like a record-breaking major storm producing uh, tornado event. And um, we have to uh, get the storm cellar at the Grange Theater open to, you know, protect people that are there. And we get that um, open and save everyone. And then Nancy, being Nancy and being hard-headed, decides she's going to leave in the middle of the storm because the worst part has passed already. And she's going to go chase Scott. She doesn't want him to get away. So, spoiler alert, Scott's our the- is Scott. So, uh, Debbie made a good point about, like, the storm center place. And she's like, who double locks a storm shelter? Yeah, because (laughs) in the moment that you need it, you don't want to be fumbling for another set of keys. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense, but whatever. Um, So, at this point, I had to drive again. And it took me, the first time I played this game, it took me a couple tries to actually be able to catch Scott just because the driving aspect of this game was so terrible to me. Um, but so like, I finally was able to catch him. So, like, you had to find Scott and avoid getting stuck in the storm. And the keep him in your eyesight, because if you lose sight of him, yeah, you'll have to second chance it. Um, I don't know about you, but this chase reminded me a lot of White Wolf of Icicle Creek. Exactly. I was going to say the exact same thing. I had that written down. Um, which also brings me to another thing that I wanted to see if you thought the same way as me. It kind of reminded me of like 
going down into the basement and the way that you walked around in the basement area reminded me of the basement area in White Wolf. A little bit, yeah. So it made me wonder if they thought, oh, we have this model already. Let's why just not? keep it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, why reinvent the wheel if you don't have to? Exactly. But anyways, uh, it just kind of reminded me of that. And so I wrote it down in my notes so that I could make sure that I mentioned it. Um, but yeah, at this point, we're at the end game. Um, we chased Scott for what feels like forever, which really wasn't that long, but it felt like forever because I have such a hard time driving the car. Um, he eventually wrecks, but we saved him. And then it's you know, Nancy writing the letter and we find out that Scott's been fired. Brooke has been fired. Um, Debbie took control, combined both of the teams. Um, Chase is now not just doing mechanical stuff, but he apparently has like uh, a good eye for doing this type of work. And so he is now part of the team and he's kind of like Debbie's right hand man. Um, Frosty reworked his contract and so he's able to do some freelance kind of stuff on the side, other projects on the side. Um, so he's doing that. Uh, they did the play and they even reworked part of the play to include Nancy essentially saving the day at the theater and uh, opening the storm shelter, which was pretty cool. Uh Scott essentially is now actually, you know, serving the community like he should be. Um, and that's it. Like they don't have the results of the contest yet because uh, the storm season extends into the fall. Um, so that's past the time that Nancy's going to be there. But I mean, you know, essentially all is good by the end. Yeah. So it's tough to say where this one falls as far as like favorite or least favorite for me. Um, there's some really strong aspects of the game, but there are some weak aspects as well. So I guess that I'm, I'm probably one of the few that's kind of middle of the road, like not my favorite, but not my least favorite. Yeah. So it's like, I'm kind of the same way where it's like, not my like absolute favorite. It's not my absolute least favorite. Yeah. But it's kind of like, I'm kind of leaning more of like not liking it so much, but it does have some parts where it's like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the subject matter was very interesting. Um, I wish that it wasn't as chore heavy. Um, I feel like there were missed opportunities where we could have done some investigating. I would have liked to, um, since they made such a big deal about people being involved with the theater, I think it would have been kind of cool if we could have gone to the Grange Theater. Um, that area has been referenced in other games, like how Krollmeister has been referenced in other games. So it kind of, you know, all ties in together. Um, so, yeah, I think overall there are some things they could have done differently. Uh, I think it would have been pretty cool to see this one remastered. Um, maybe adding in some snooping because we only do it for like five minutes. 
<laughs> and, not, and not just at the end? Yeah, not just at the end, kind of, you know, intermixed in in the middle of the game, in the beginning of the game, or wherever. Um, but I mean, overall storyline and stuff, I think it was pretty strong. Um, length of the game I felt like was good I didn't think it was too short uh, like I said really don't like the driving aspect just because of the controls of it I think maybe if they worked on the controls and the sensitivity of the controls that that might be an easy fix to make that a little bit better Yeah. Um, but uh, overall I mean it was pretty good um, did you get the chance to buy the mystery box at the convenience store? I did not. I didn't either. <laughs> Do you know I, what it I, got... I have no idea. I don't even remember. <laughs> I wonder if it's like an Easter egg. Maybe. Um, which brings me to my favorite part. Um, the ways you can die. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, um, <laughs> you know that that's it's the part that I live for. Is <laughs> ironic. Um, so <laughs> I'm getting this information from the Nancy Drew Wiki fandom page. Okay. Um, obviously, if you hit too many things and crash the car, I did that. <laughs> yeah, been there, done that. Um, if you go into the hailstorm when the GPS is malfunctioning and you get trapped by the hail. Did that. Yeah. Um, if you get caught in a twister or storm, been there, done that. Um, so this one only lists three. I feel like there might be more, but I'm not sure. Um, I feel like there's more. I feel like there are, but that's all that's listed on there for that. Um, so if there are any more that we're missing and you all know, uh, let us know. I'm always interested in that. Uh, always interested in, you know, different versions of gameplay of um, all the games. Cause you know, like we always say, everyone's gameplay is going to be different. Um, trying to look up if there is any more information that I need to tell. Um, uh, this game is available for play on Microsoft Windows and Mac OS X platforms. Uh, not all the Nancy Drew games are available for the Mac uh, computer format, but this is one of the ones that is. Um, it has an ESRB rating of E for moments of mild violence and comic mischief. Um, it's loosely based on a book entitled The Mystery in Tornado Alley, which I believe is actually book number 155. Um, I have not read that one yet. Um... I think that's about it as far as information. Um, but like I said, kind of middle of the road for me. Um, 
not a total dud by any means, but I can understand why some people that are more invested in the actual snooping aspect of these games would be disappointed with this one. Yeah. Totally. So, yeah. This is just like some random thing, that, <laughs> random note that I had yeah. was that like the house that they were in, it was like pretty run down. Yeah. But in the inside. But it's like, if it was fixed up nice, it would probably look like a really nice house. And, like, for me, <laughs> if I were to ever, like, live in a house, like, that would be, like, a cozy kind of house to live in. Mm-hmm. And with, like, the barn as, like, a garage type thing. Yeah. Like, how it was. Yeah. Yeah, that would, it would be nice if they, um if they kept it up, like you can tell that it's a place where it's vacant for periods throughout the year. Like you can tell that it's not something that someone lives in all year long, just by the way, like things were kind of piled up and things were messy and some spots look kind of dusty. And then obviously like with the broken TV and stuff, like they're really not caring about stuff inside the house. So it's like they're there to work. They might occasionally sleep there, but that's about it. So, like, I wouldn't even want to deal with the farm part, like the crops and stuff. Yeah. I would just, like, deal with, like, the house and the barn. Yeah. That that would be good enough for me, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if you didn't want to do, like, full-on farming, like, you could have a nice little garden. Yeah. Like, nothing too big grow whatever you want yeah that would be fun yeah um but yeah i mean that's that's about it as far as what i have um you had mentioned earlier that there was some stuff on instagram that you wanted to read yes thank you for reminding me i almost forgot about that see that's what i'm here for i'm here to remind you of things (laughs) so there was nothing that was people commented on the podcast Instagram, but I posted it on my fan Nancy Drew page. So one comment from if I mispronounce any of these names, I apologize in advance. It happens. <laughs> the first comment was from it's underscore locked underscore nd. They okay. said this is one of my favorites. I love this the show Storm Chasers, so I really enjoyed this game. And how can you not love Paw? That's a good point. Um, yeah, I could see if you're interested in this kind of uh, thing that this would be a, a really good game. Um, for people that are interested in meteorology or storm chasing. I remember being a small child and watching that show that um, they referenced and telling my parents as a small child, and when I say small child, I mean like four or five, telling my parents when I grow up that I wanted to be a storm chaser. (laughs) Needless to say, they didn't like that idea. (laughs) They thought that that was a bit dangerous and that I should just watch it on TV and call it a day. So clearly I didn't 
follow through with that aspiration. But now I also follow a couple of girls that are um, on TikTok that are like newscasters and, and, you know, like they're on the news and they tell the news. And there's this one girl that I watch in particular. Um, I think her name is uh, Sophia and I think she's out of Virginia. I believe she's out of Virginia and she's a meteorologist. And so she kind of does like get ready with me videos and then shows herself at work. Like she has her phone off to the side. So she's like filming a TikTok while she's actually doing um, the weather. And like it shows the big green screen and stuff. But you can see like in the teleprompter, you can see in the monitor that she can see what they're projecting on there. And it's just it's cool. You know, all the moving parts of, of doing that, getting that information out there is pretty cool. Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> yeah, I could see how people were interested in that, that this would be the game for them, for sure. Yeah. The next one is Rachel Voppel. I'm sorry if I didn't say your name right. They said, hot take. I actually love this game. The puzzles are fun, and it's got lots of chill mini games. Yeah. Yeah, I could see if if you're into that. Um, I feel like another game that's really good for like mini games is Last Train to Blue Moon Canyon. Yeah. Kind of the same vibe as far as that. Yeah. So yeah, I could see that if you're if you're more interested in doing that kind of thing. I just feel like and I, I could be wrong, but the vibe that I get from the majority of people that enjoy the Nancy Drew games is that one of the reasons why they enjoy it is because of the snooping and you just simply don't get a lot of that with this game and that, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that but it's just if that's what you're looking for this isn't going to be the game for you no oh well <laughs> next one is from brenna bowman i love it too it was one of the ones I first played with some family, so it holds special memories. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely a good one to, to start out and get your feet wet. Yeah. That's true. The next one is from, I think it's L. Fuse. The cow chase at the end of the credits made me laugh so hard I fell over crying. <laughs> that, one, that one was kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the last one I have is L LA Candyland. That's not one of my faves, but I love any Nancy. There you go. That's kind of how I am. Like, yeah. you know, I have a hard time having a, a bad opinion about a game. I don't necessarily think I have a bad opinion about this game. It's just, like I said before, it's just kind of middle of the road for me. Yeah. Oh, well, what can but, we do, Candace? I mean, this is what we do. We just talk about Nancy every week. Because there's so much to talk about, which, oh, yes. speaking of, that brings us to uh, what we're going to do next week. Why don't you uh, tell everybody what's on this, the schedule for next week? Next week, we are diving into a book. 
And if you haven't joined us the last few weeks, it's been a book and then a game and then a book and then a game. So next week, the book that we're talking about will be book number 27, The Secret of the Wooden Lady. Yes, I'm very excited about this one. I went ahead and purchased it electronically so that I can read it on my phone at night. Um, Don't think I've read this one yet. Um, I don't remember if I own this one or not. Um, Let me look really fast. For those of you that don't know, um, anytime that I'm out at like a used bookstore or anything like that, I'm constantly looking for Nancy Drew um, books because I collect them any version of them like it doesn't matter um so i have a picture in my phone of all the books that i have so that i don't buy duplicates by accident um so you said this one was number what 27 27. yeah i do not have this one i do not have a physical copy so but i have it electronically and that will get the job done speaking of nancy drew books I ordered a bunch like a few weeks ago and I just like picked them up over the weekend. I'm still like waiting on two to come in, but I'm like, it's between like Nancy, like all the different series of Nancy. So I'm like, I will have my reading cut out for me for a while, but I eventually, I'm not going to start reading them yet. I'll read them eventually. No, I understand because I'm I'm horrible about going out to like a bookstore and thinking, ooh, I'll just go and pick up a new book. And one book turns into three books. And then I sit back and I think, mm, I have like five books that are new at the house that I haven't read yet. I'm no. still going to get these other books too, though. <laughs> I saw this, I think it was like a meme or something about like, ooh, I started reading this book. I'm going to see if there's other books by the same author and then there's all these other series <laughs> and then the other books that I already have they just yeah. go unread yeah yeah that's me but you can save them for like a rainy day you know yeah. that's true and then you already have some reading material right there yeah but oh wow life of a bookworm yep yeah. <laughs> like us that's true that's true well um i think that's everything i have if that's everything that you have that's everything i got all right well i will close this out then um thank you all for listening to this week's episode of river heights buzz podcast you can find us on instagram at river heights buzz or you can email us at riverheightsbuzz at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook in our group. Uh, Check us out next week as we dive into Nancy Drew book number 27, The Secret of the Wooden Lady. See you next week, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you.